bramble aflame but not consumed. Set us on fire, but do not consume us until our lives are singed by thy love. Amen. Please be seated. It has been said that neither the flame nor the bush was new. Have you heard that before? Neither the flame nor the bush was new. I've heard that before. Moses regularly moseyed and rushed by the flaming bush, but noticed it for the first time in chapter 3 of the Exodus narrative. Ancient peoples were no different from us. How many times have you been in the passenger seat of a car or sitting by the window on a flight or walking into your home by another door and say, I've never noticed that before. I mean, I'm sure it's always been there, but I've never noticed that before. Prayer, according to some mystics, is the practice of paying attention of stopping and not only seeing the bush, but noticing that the bush is aflame and yet not destroyed, of peering at the bramble and hearing the fire say, Moses, Moses, and saying, here I am, here I am, here I am. A line suggestive of Genesis 3 when God asks the first earthlings where they are. Moses, the the flame says, here I am. Come no closer, remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. Moses is standing neither in a temple nor a tabernacle nor a a stunning cathedral, but on the very red dirt from which his ancestors were hewn. Another hearkening back to Genesis, when with every speech act of creation, the maker of heaven and earth meticulously forms a sort of natural temple for God's own self and God's own worship, in which creatures from snails to earthlings are invited to share in the beauty and goodness of intimate life with God. And with that, Moses kicks the sandals from his feet and embraces the earth earth from which he was made with its mixture of stardust and atoms and rocks. Christian worship or Christian liturgy is at its best when a curated sensory landscape does this very thing, reminds us of our humanity, of our original identity as in the words of Russian Orthodox theologian Alexander Shmeman, homo adorans. Our original identity as homo adorans, that is the praying human, the priestly human, the human who worships. A species with, quote, the capacity to bless God, to know the meaning of the thirst and hunger that constitutes life, the first and basic definition of humans is that they are priests. They stand at the center of the world 
and unify it in their act of blessing God, of both receiving the world from God and offering it to God, end quote. In that moment of removing the sandals from his feet, Moses turns up the volume of the quiet hum inside him. That interior suggestion to name and bless all that can be experienced on the mundane shores of human existence. To see a mountain range or a newborn baby or, or the sun at dusk and name it and bless God for it. Come no closer, remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. But with the capacity to name and bless comes, of course, the curse of being able to name and bless. Here we learn that the creator God is a southerner, (laughs) helplessly polite in their introduction. I say that because God says this to Moses. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Not unlike the time I was on a run one summer near my childhood home in Texas, I was a fully actualized and grown adult. And one of my parents' high school classmates stopped his car, rolled down the window, and said, With those legs, you must be a Greer. (laughs) Which was not a compliment. (laughs) In the black Southern culture in which I was raised, it is incredibly important to be tied to a lineage, a people, a family, a tribe, a name. And so when I visit Texas, I do not introduce myself as Broderick Greer. That does no good. Actually, does no good anywhere, but (laughs) specifically at home in Texas. But I do introduce myself as Sister Turner's grandson, or Pat and Roderick's eldest son, or as Norman and Theresa's third youngest grandchild. No, Daryl's not my dad. Roderick is always a clarification because they're a year apart. Moses' culture was not much different from ours in that way. The God who speaks as flame and bush ties itself to a particular people with a particular history on a particular land. This God goes on to give a firsthand account of what they have witnessed as the suffering of their enslaved people, Israel, under the domination of the Egyptian empire and says, I know their sufferings and I have come down to deliver them. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who is deeply concerned about enslavement, oppression, and imperial overreach and is determined to act on behalf of the outcast and the downcast. But Moses, ever the organized warrior and 
tags the burning bush with a sensible question. He says, when I go to the leaders of Israel and say, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, what am I supposed to call you? What is your name? That is the curse of the gift of naming and blessing. Our need to properly categorize something or someone according to our experience of them. To pin them down on the slide trays of our microscopes, making them one-dimensional and easy to control. I am who I am. I shall be. I will be who I will be. I am. In his book, God, a Biography, Jack Miles says this, quote, Thus, rather than saying that his name is I am who I am, God could be saying, I am what I shall be. In effect, you'll find out who I am. End quote. You'll find out who I am. A proper name for the unnamed God is a concise and potent invitation for us all. In those moments when we have sought to wrap our minds around the mystery or comprehend the ground of all being, God's self-identification as you'll find out who I am stops us square in our tracks, giving us the space we need to remove our sandals. Those little unveilings can come to us in stops and starts over a lifetime as a collage rather than four volumes of systematic theology as flashes rather than as statements. God, then, is more like the cat in one of T.S. Eliot's playful and profound poems. Quote, When you notice a cat in profound meditation, the reason I tell you is always the same. His mind is engaged in a rapt contemplation of the thought of the thought of the thought of his name. His ineffable, effable, effineffable, deep and inscrutable singular name. Amen.